tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome back, Clone Club, to another After Buzz after show for Orphan Black. It is uh, episode five of season three, scarred by many past frustrations. I feel scarred by many past frustrations and a current one that Anacopple is still not here. Anacopple, <laughs> our, our wonderful fourth clone club member here, she will, I am betting money that she will be here next week and <laughs> with us for the rest of the season, the back five. So, Anna, don't let me down. Don't let him down. I I, I am specifically not betting money because I feel like you will be here. So don't make me regret not betting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm Will Link, as you probably maybe know. Next to me, Mr. Matt Lieberman. Hello, hello. And uh, Megan Salinas. Hi, guys. How you doing? Uh, none of us are Anna Koppel. We can only strive to be. We can only hope to be. I strive to be Anna Koppel every day of my damn life. Well, I think every episode of Orphan Black should strive to be this episode. It was so good. This was my favorite of the season, and I feel like this is also... The, I mean, who knows what Tatiana does later in the season, but I feel like some of those scenes between Sarah and Helena uh, on this episode are like... Those are the, that's what you submit for the Emmys this year. Mm-hmm. Like that is, she was doing some of her finest work. I, I personally thought. Oh, absolutely. I thought that. I mean, playing a scene opposite yourself is difficult at any time. But to have uh, the level of emotion, the heightened stakes, to be where they are, this environment, I just thought it was thrilling. And I think it's especially uh, significant that this episode was so good, having no Allison in it, yes. and that yeah. all of the moving parts were very well crafted. I would agree. No, I I can't add anything to that. Like, everything in this episode was so well done. I'm not going to say that I'm not upset by where we're oh, left. It's in an upsetting, some episode. upsetting twists and turns. I and, and I was upset that other people who were theorizing things earlier on, that they were right, that... We, I was were wrong. They, wait, were they right about poison sperm? No, no. They were talking about how Helena was believing the caster lies. Oh, yeah. Where I was like, she'll never believe that. Oh, you know, you, you get put in a prison, you believe what what makes sense. I know, yeah. but Helena's been through the ringer here, mm-hmm. and has her whole life. And I mean, actually, there's a push and pull within Helena at this point. Yeah, no, she's very she, conflicted. Yeah, and, and well, let's we might as well just start at the start. We're talking about it already. Sarah, the episode opens, and we kind of knew it was going to be this way, but I didn't know it would start right off the bat. Sarah is in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Helena. She's got extra shackles on her her feet now, and uh, she's back to, you know, also uh, cutting herself a little bit to make herself feel better, as is Helena's tradition, I guess. And Pupuk. Pupuk tells What was her. it? Guilty, guilty pleasures? Guilty is pleasures, the way. yeah. And uh, that's her little way of escaping back into that kind of self-flagellation that she does. And then... 
of course, the little scorpion. Yeah, Poopook. Can I ask a question? Yes. And I have a feeling I know what this is, but yes. Okay, so Poopook leaves Helena's cell and walks into Sarah's cell. Now, Sarah never necessarily sees Poopook, but there's Poopook next to Sarah. Can Sarah see Poopook too? Or is Poopook real? Poopook is just a manifestation of Helena's imagination, which then makes you wonder why she would go into the next cell. Well, I, as I was saying it, I thought of uh, a cheat, a writer's cheat that would make it make sense. Because she's got that little hole with the grill over it that she, they yeah. use to talk. So what if she leaned down to look at Sarah through that, and that is and it was Poopook. a way for Poopook looking yeah. in there, too. It, um, in, that's a good cheat, and I'm sure yeah. someone in Clone Club is spinning that right now. <laughs> someone in the writing stuff, because honestly, it was probably just a really cool visual way. Yeah, to show. yeah exactly. That, that's the easy answer, but <laughs> yeah, I want Sarah to see it. I know she won't, and I know that's not physically possible, but I want, I want a scene of that. Well, I want a whole spinoff series of Helena and Poopook, you know? That'd be great, too. <laughs> Add it to the list of spinoffs from this show. Um, but it is, like you said, Megan, it's disappointing to realize that right away, Helena basically calls Sarah out and said, you put me in here. And, you know, look, Helena's always going to have a few screws loose, just of, of who she is. And it's an uphill battle for Sarah to try to explain this. And Helena's really just not listening. She's shutting down. But that's also kind of a, a another thing that I loved about having both these characters together. You got to see a lot of similarities between them. Because Sarah also gets stubborn and shuts people down. Yeah, Sarah that's what also, happened with Mrs. S. Yes, exactly. Uh, Sarah also acts really indignant about things. The, the, the great moment... I thought was when Helena threatened Paul, and then Sarah just like jumps on the bandwagon. Yeah, maybe it'll be you next time. Paul. <laughs> like she just dives right in. They really are. I mean, they are sisters, but this episode really got to showcase how similar they can be. That's true. I mean, other than the accent and the fact that you know they grew up in such radically different ways. They do actually react to things very similarly. They have that same energy. They're both rebels. I mean, you look at who Sarah was before any of this even happened. She was a criminal. She would run. She's very loose kind of moral. She didn't care. There's a lot of Helena and Sarah. And yeah. A lot of Sarah and Helena. Yeah, and and this episode, I I was like, I can understand. And actually, I was I was feeling really gratified with get Helena giving her a little grief because even if it wasn't directly Sarah's fault, she probably could assume that okay, whoever did this did it on Sarah's behalf. You know, did it for Sarah, even though Sarah didn't approve. So I didn't mind her giving her grief, abandoning her though. That and saying now we're even. That that crossed the line for me. I was like, no, no, don't do it. Well, you know what? It, Sarah's been so annoyed with Mrs. S for doing this, but at the same time, if the situation had, if Sarah had to make the call at that point, Sarah had been captured. But if she had to make the call for Kira or Helena, it would be Kira. She would have had to. She would have made the same call. I would think. I mean, maybe she would have tried to find another way to do it, but I think she would have made the exact same call and then worked on a way to get Helena back anyway. So I think there's, I think Helena does, you do have a point with Helena having some, because it is Sarah's people, it is people operating for Sarah, and quite frankly, you know, Helena, not that Helena's expendable to these people, she's not, but she's, she's, she's off. A loose cannon. Yeah. She's a liability. 
No matter how much you love her, no matter how much she can bring to the table, and no matter how much you care about her because she's your sister, she is a liability. You can't control her. You can't trust her. You know, I kept thinking that she was getting through to Helena. There was a lot of stuff early on where just to look on And I mean, she is. There's really, this is the most push-pull we've seen between Helena and, and Puka. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. It's just fun to say. Poopook. Puka uh, is from Anastasia. And Puka <laughs> is uh, also those uh, shells that people wear. It's one of those things that I, I, I will never end up... Pro- I'll pronounce okay, right on Puka the... Puka the puppy. Puka the puppy from Anastasia. Oh my god, I'm talking about many years of Puka. Sorry, go Never back. seen it. Never seen it. Oh, so that's real good. Why it's easier for me to Don make Don that. Bluth. Don Bluth, yeah. man. So um, but uh, but we do see that this decision tears her apart, and we don't see her make a break for it. Uh, you know, again, not to jump ahead, we don't see her make a break for it. So she could flip flop, and I don't know if that was kind of a cliffhanger so that they don't actually have to show Helena going out into wherever it is, and it turns out that they are just in like Johannesburg in California and yeah. not the Middle East. Well, she mentioned Mexico, uh, yeah, as like an option, Mexico. yeah. And that you know, we kept saying the Middle East, but I guess. Somewhere in on the uh, on the continent makes a little more maybe sense. more sense considering how quickly they go to and from the base and back to city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe maybe that is what it is. Although I I think someone tweeted us today. Oh God, I can't remember who it was, but but said like, oh, it's just a soundstage. Just, <laughs> yeah. Like what if it literally oh, that was is Langley, a sound? Sa- I think. Yeah, what if it literally is just a soundstage? That would make me incredibly happy. It's where they fit <laughs> the moon landing. Yeah, same place. exactly. Speaking of which, if you guys have any questions, you can use the hashtag ABTV Orphan Black. TV. Yeah, we'll be checking that hashtag all throughout the week. And actually, we had a people um, for I think the first time actually using the hashtag during when the episode was airing. So yeah. I, I kept away from Twitter because I had to watch. I know later, it was so but... funny. I noticed I got like, oh, I've got like five or six notifications here, and I went to look. I'm like, oh my god, it hasn't aired on the West Coast yet. I got, I gotta wait. I gotta wait, guys. And at ten, I started responding to things. But, um, so, you know, Sarah's dragged to, to Dr. Cody, and it, it is a little interesting, like, I wonder how, I mean, I guess you do everything necessary to try to save these brothers, but, you know, they have a lot of, they have a, a lot of research now, they have Helena, they have the bones of the, the, the dead baby, the dead, uh, 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 Johansson baby. I mean, now they have Sarah. Now they have Sarah. Paul is going to be upset. They all—they're all clearly worried about. Oh, when the major gets here, he's going to be mad. Major Dearden. Yeah, and she, I mean, how necessary is it to even keep Sarah? Really, I—I I I like the way she put it that they're—they're they're valuable specimens, and scientifically speaking, there's a lot that you can do with that. That, on the other hand, I just don't trust her. Because this is the same woman who justified, you know, keeping a guy alive Parsons, while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. while they experimented on his brain. Can I throw out something horrible? Do go it. ahead. Do okay. it. Always. Do it wouldn't it. be an orphan black after buzz unless you... Super. <laughs> Here we go. So, the clone boys have poison sperm. Yeah. Um, they have poison sperm. And uh, female clones aren't supposed to be able to have babies. I wonder if they wonder <gasps> no, whether or not no. they would be immune to poison no, sperm. No, However, they no. are brother and sister, so that would be clone cest. No. Poison clone cest. No. Sponsored by your American that or went, Canadian government. That was far more terrible I, than I thought it could be. I, but you know what? 
I believe it. I buy plausible. I buy it easily. They don't have to actually have. They could just you know take an egg and a sperm. They could do it in like a test tube. They don't actually have to have sex. No, but it's still gross. It's still terrible. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still genetic inbreeding. Shame on you, Matt Lieberman. I'm the one who has to live with this brain. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, we already know that the caster clones have been hitting up. Uh, yeah, they've been Rita intimate clones, with yeah? uh, with clones. <sighs> exactly. Gross. <laughs> so gross. Well, although, what is the purpose of like? Because they they literally have notebooks of women. Well, now we know what the, the log books are for. That yeah. they're specifically. For the women that they have relations with, because they need to know if this person dies, we need to make them disappear. Yeah, we need to know what happens to these. I mean, who knows? What, what we, we we're just scratching the surface of what's going to happen to these mm-hmm. people. But like, it, crazy. Like it's just terrible because it's like, was this intentional on their part to be like to send them out and like? I imagine that initially, probably not. But that once this started happening, if it was initial to be like, oh. Let's see if that happens again, and then to keep doing it so that they send these clones out into the world to copulate, and then see if it's the same result every single time. I have a question. Yes. Do you think that the poison blood sperm is why Gracie lost her baby? That because they had sex and because that was in her system, her body automatically flushed the baby? That's an excellent idea. and You know what? I I buy that as well, because we don't know what's going on. You have... Uh, uh, blood sperm, clone blood sperm. Yeah, going into. You. I mean, clone we don't know sperm. how it how it reacts, and I. It's clearly not healthy, well, and right? We, because we have the, no idea what it's doing to these women. Right, just that it's having terrible effects. Here's well, an important thing to point out. Cody and her researchers have no idea that Gracie has lost this baby. Yes. They, they're not aware of it. So if they were to try to put the male clone DNA inside of Sarah or Helena, I mean, probably Sarah because Helena's got a baby on the way, um, God knows what that'll do to Sarah because it did reject clone DNA. Now, the the other thing with this is, I mean, we don't know that it doesn't necessarily can't impregnate you this blood. I mean, it might give you some... I have a question. I mean, go ahead and finish your thought. No, no, no. Go, please. The, um, well, obviously, the, the reason why all the female clones are barren is to prevent uh, procreation, and that's what causes their illness. Why wouldn't the the clone creators do the same thing? But instead because of men should be but instead of just like castrating <laughs> them or making them you you know infertile or whatever or like sterile, instead of just doing that, what if they somehow they, made it so that the victim or the victim would be the person that they had sex with, they would die, and that way there wouldn't either. be a child resulting from well, it so that no, they don't have to worry. That makes much more sense to just make them infertile. Or that it's that they didn't, this was an unintended side effect of doing whatever they did to their sperm the to make sure they can't. sequences. Yeah, yeah. This was an, un, the, the bloodshot eyes and whatever the hell else happens to you next is an unintended consequence of whatever they like, did to them. What if they did something to try to make them better soldiers? Like they did some sort of DNA tampering in the same way that they tampered with the diet, you know. They probably did. I mean, that's what you would do, right? If I was creating super soldier clones, that's what I would do. <laughs> I would make them uh, uh, killing machines, the <laughs> ultimate warriors. 
like Mark. <laughs> but, I would make them all ultimate warriors like the WWE's ultimate warrior. Yeah. You feel like... It would make more sense, right? You would feel like they would all look like The Rock or something like that. <laughs> right? You know? but, but, but they got to blend. They got to blend. Just, yeah, they got to blend in. Well, you know what? Speaking of military men, Paul does come to see Sarah. And this was actually one of my favorite Sarah Paul scenes, Dirty maybe Paul. of the whole whole <laughs> season, because mm-hmm. he's he defends his position where it's like, look, I'm just looking out for my military family here. I'm looking out for these guys. You'll like, come to recognize that I'm doing for them what you do for your sister. Yes. And he brings up, again, Helena, who, like you said, is a liability, is a loose cannon, and has killed people just as many people, if not more, probably than than Rudy and some of these other uh, caster clones. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a great time where you saw Paul really kind of turn Sarah's logic around on her, but she wasn't hearing it. And then her and Hel- Helena threatened her, and then it was a free for all. You I, know, I did like Paul going. You just had to stop. You just had to sti- you know stop sticking your nose in yeah. things. You could have like because he he to an extent has done a lot within his power to try to keep Sarah out of things to try to keep her safe. Yeah. And of course, like you said, Sarah's not having any of it because of course she's going to go after her sister. Of course she's going to try to get to the bottom of things. Um, But it's just really funny to see that frustration. Like, come on, I'm doing everything I can to try to keep you out of this. And you just keep coming back in. It's true. Yeah, you can't. She just keeps showing up. And you would think, though, also getting back to your first point about Helena, about not believing it. You would think that would be enough to sell Helena on it. That Paul, because Paul basically admits that you know he was the one who made the the deal and stuff, and it wasn't. It, I mean, he doesn't say it wasn't Sarah, but there's enough inferred in the way Helena's looking through the grating at this conversation. But again, it's that push pull within her that you know maybe she can't even. It's to the point where maybe she can't even believe that uh, she's been crapped on her whole life so much that well, of course my Sestro would sell me out. You know, so maybe it's like almost a self-fulfilling prophecy for her. Yeah. yeah. The um, other great scene, I thought, was when Paul goes talks to Cody. Mm -hmm. Because you see now cracks in Paul. Like, maybe Sarah Will is the one person who can make him defy his military orders and things like that. And not just, I didn't sense it was just his feelings towards Sarah at that point. I think he started to morally question what they were doing for the mm. first time. Well, because mm-hmm. there's just that quick little scene of him uh, screwing in the screw where, yeah. where Parsons was being kept um, right before he's looking through the logbooks. So you can see the wheels turning in Paul's head where he's just like, uh, maybe this isn't right. I don't know. I think he even said to Cody, I think he even said the line, like, like what are we doing? Like, kind of this exasperated way of, there's got to be a better way to do this than keep these women captured here. Yeah. I think my favorite line of the episode, and this is an episode filled with great dialogue, um, was actually Cody's line to Sarah when Sarah's resisting getting the blood samples, and she just flat out says, I'm not someone that you can fight, Sarah. And it makes me wonder, I'm so fascinated with the idea of Cody's past. I want to know everything about her, because she's still incredibly enigmatic. At least, like, with, with Leaky... We were very aware of who he was. He was yeah. a celebrated scientist, a radical. Um, yeah, he was a public figure at mm-hmm. the very least. 
Yeah. Uh, um, you know, what was it in the first? Not a neo neolutionist. Neolutionist. I, I always get the confused with Prolethean. That, where yeah. did they go? They're the people who were putting like messing with their DNA they had so tails. that they had yeah. parts. Top they, side. They, they're all top side. Yeah. I guess they're all just still drinking and dancing at a I club. Guess. Look, if I'm a neolution, I mean that's a, that's a that's a party scene. You know, that's where you you know. It's not a political statement. No. <laughs> I'd much rather be a Neolutionian than a Prolethean. Mm-hmm. Neolutionist. Neolutionist. See, now I'm I'm screwing it up. Neolutionist. Now. It's okay. I got it written. You know, it's funny. I have some of these terms are so complicated. I have them all. I always have a cheat sheet that I never look at. But I'm like a Neolutionist. Uh, um. But anyway. Uh. Yeah. No. Cody's background would be very interesting, and I also wonder how much involvement maybe she has at the beginning of this, like her what kind of relationship she might have had to uh, Duncan mm-hmm. in the past, like when this program got started, if she was around at that time for mm-hmm. it. I don't know. I mean, I'm having trouble figuring out quite how old she is. Maybe it's just because Duncan seems so old and crazy and decrepit, and she doesn't seem nearly that. She seems still pretty viable. Well, just because she's not crazy... Not just because she's not crazy doesn't mean that she's not older. She seems like she's in her late fifties, mid sixties. I mean, she smokes cigarettes, so that's going to speed up the aging. Yeah, <laughs> and she's out there in the sun all day. Yeah. in uh, Mexico, <laughs> wherever they're at. I I find her interesting because she kind of goes back and forth from being a creepy science fiction mad scientist villain to um to a mother figure and it makes me wonder if she doesn't kind of have a favorite in Rudy like he gives of, her that little kiss yeah if episode. like out of all the the cast or clones if like he's not her little favorite um and that's why she's willing to sacrifice people like Parsons you know yeah. and things well it like, sounds like Parsons was glitching though yeah like Paul said like what little time left he had of his life he sacrificed and I, I don't doubt that I don't doubt that Parsons was like Cut me open, do what you gotta do, but then, you know, like, I've made a huge mistake. (laughs) I immediately regret this decision. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, you were talking about great dialogue, and Sarah, for the first time, really opened up about leaving Kira behind. You know, we know she's felt guilt about leaving Kira, but this was the first time she talked about it, and in her relationship to Mrs. S watching, which I think was a great scene, because it also kind of, in in this episode, a lot of great Mrs. S moments, too, but it kind of reminded us of the figure that Mrs. S was in Sarah's life and in Kira's life, especially since Sarah's kind of turned her back to, to Mrs. S. And we find out stuff about Mrs. S that even Felix didn't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. about her, about John Mr. Sadler. S. John Sadler. Yeah. Yeah, he died in a bar fight. With yeah. shears stuck in Jeez. his neck. I mean, that's... Uh... Though, do you think that was a lie? Not that he died, but the way in which he died? I don't... I, I don't know. I mean... Is it one of those things? Because shears sound like such a. It just feels big too thing. simple. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't see the, I don't see it. Oh, okay, I, don't I see. see what like you're she's saying. not telling the whole truth. It wouldn't yeah. be the first time Mrs. S hasn't told the Absolutely. whole truth. Absolutely, she's caught. She's caught in a lie. The fact that she never told Felix or Sarah that John Sadler died or was killed, um, and caught in that lie, she spins one that sounds plausible. But to me. I just don't see well, it. Let me ask you this. If you introduce that, and you introduce the idea that that could be a lie, do you think that he might even be a lie? Oh, no. I think John Sadler is dead, and I'll go one step further. I think he's the original donor. Ooh. Whoa. 
Like you, you like they're digging through old pictures and they find a picture of you know the somebody who looks like the caster clones and her on their wedding I'm day. I'm just gonna throw this out there. We have never seen a picture of Mrs. S when she was young. So that she could be, she's the original Lita. No, no, they because they would have to be brother and sister. Because they're supposed to be brother and sister. And also at that point. She would have been able to to probably help Cosima and things yeah, like that. No. She probably would have given her bone marrow instead of Kira's. <laughs> yeah, no, she wouldn't have made Kira go through that's, all that. That's one of the things I love about the show. You don't know that. It's one of those shows you throw out a theory and it's like, that is the greatest thing. And then like 10 seconds later, like, like oh, ah, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. Never <laughs> no, mind. that's nonsense. Yeah. Well, but you were right. Um, I mean, with Sarah, going back to Sarah... Um, we find out, cause we, there was always mystery around why she left Kira in the first place. And granted, at the time when the series starts, she's in an abusive relationship. So you think, okay, maybe that was the reason. Maybe it was a safety thing. And then you find out, no, she just didn't want to be tied down. She was running well, away from responsibility. Look, I've known people exactly that this is the exact situation, that they, they, they had a child young and they, they kind of, skirted a lot of their responsibility, but then they came back to be really good good mothers later in life, because luckily they had a good supportive family, which is Mrs. S. And Mrs. S, we saw her at her, maybe her most motherly ever in this episode. Mm. The way she was dealing with Gracie, even the, like, showing her how to dance and stuff like that, there was a very much a, a sweetness to her, and, you know, you kind of have always seen her butting heads with Sarah from the, the moment the characters have been introduced. So it was really nice to kind of see her, why she did take these kids and why did she does feel for these kids. Can like, we talk about the Gracie plot line? Let's talk about Before we get back Sheesh. to Sarah, let's get to Gracie again. Yeah, well, just, you know, this took the uh, Allison slot for our lighter storyline this yes. week. Um, and I, I just thought it was stellar. It's so... I think it, one of the clearest things to me about this show is I never enjoy it more than when the characters are able to relax for a moment yes. and just be themselves. And then they have little dance parties. And they have little dance they, that's parties. That's what they usually do when they, <laughs> when they relax. Oh my God, Gracie's outfit! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stop, girl! She went through Wait. all of Sarah's old stuff and she just found the blackest and tiniest things. <laughs> I also, I loved immediately the, the pairing of her and Felix, because they was like the perfect foil for oh, each other. Yeah. Both, I mean, the first thing he says, so, come on, baby Jesus. <laughs> like, you know, he's, it gives him perfect excuse for these lines, but also to bring up actual issues about religion, the Prolethean's religion. Like, he calls her out on, like, oh, you think I'm basically an abomination of being gay and stuff like that. I love that, like, while she's sitting, you know, in the corner and he's supposed to be talking quietly to Mrs. S, he's just like, I don't think she's ready for cult deprogramming. Yeah, yeah he says <laughs> just a little louder. Well, just the words cult deprogramming. Like, I don't yeah. think she's ready for cult deprogramming. <laughs> not, not crazy about her. And it was, you know, I, I felt like Gracie was really, for someone who's been so sheltered, was really holding her own with Felix. Like, she was being honest about Look, she's in shell shock at this point. Even Art basically said, like, she's having trouble dealing with the fact she was married to a clone. These people she was taught to look at as, like... Abomination. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that their dance party's good. They're drinking, uh, they're drinking, uh, what were they drinking? Gin and juice. Gin and juice. <laughs> Laid yes. back. Yeah. Put their minds on their money and their money on their minds. So they're having a they're having a they're having a great time and you just know if characters having too good of a time for too long. Something it can't terrible laugh. is gonna happen. And then yeah, she 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 collapses. 
and you think it's going to be something because of the miscarriage still, and and it could very well be if that blood clone blood sperm killed the the baby which I'm now I'm certain that's the yeah. case. Now I'm certain that's the case. And then I thought the way that was handled well too was creepy because I almost didn't understand like well, so Art's following up with this woman but like what's what there's something going on here and the reveal of like maybe they did this to me. Yeah, I, it was weird because at first because she had the sunglasses on I'm like who is he even talking to? And it took me a minute to realize, "Oh, okay, that's her." Yeah. Um and then yeah, it's like Oh God! What is even happening? And and I love the way um, the editing was in this scene because we have what's going on with Gracie, and then uh, the reveal with her, and all the while Paul is just flipping through that little book of all the amount of people. And Mark is, you know, it's funny. Like we kind of, not that we dismissed it when Mark's like, oh, they did like weird sex stuff or or things like that, where it just seemed like kind of like, a, oh, they're just like. They're just soldiers out in the town, like, being, like, being guys. But no, but it no. was, like, there was weird sex stuff going on. Weird experiments. And it makes me wonder if he, uh, like, if how much they actually know. Like, if they're just keeping logs because that, that was their orders. Or if they know that when they have sex with somebody, something terrible happens to them. And maybe that was Mark's reluctance to have sex with I, people in the first place. Exactly. He was very, uh, even with Grace, even with the woman he loved, he didn't want to, which makes me think that he knows there's a problem, mm-hmm. but he did it anyway. But I can't believe he that's, would hurt that's her the thing. Well, there that's was the no thing. way to, I feel like maybe, the, well, first of all, he wants to, despite the risks. Yeah. And maybe, maybe he thought because she was pregnant, it wouldn't it would affect okay. her. And also, you know, how was he going to be able to say no after she was like insisting over and over that they consummate their marriage? How was he supposed to say no without revealing that he was a clone? That's true. That's true. Because there's no. Well, he ended up no revealing it right afterwards, anyway. Yeah. But um, well. that's what makes me think that at least he didn't know. But I'm not so certain that Rudy and Seth didn't know. Well, yeah, I, I know. think they, well, you know, none of them are sticking around long enough. If they're, I mean, none of them are having any great romances here. If they're sleeping with these women and keeping the journal of it and giving it back to Cody and then the military's keeping track of these people, then it's possible that none of them know the full effects of what what happens to you when you have the clone blood sperm. <laughs> I, I love Orphan Black discussion. <laughs> the thing, the thing with this show always with me, and I feel like uh, Paul flipping through these books kind of is indicative of this. Is like just when you think you know we have a lot of plot here, yeah. a lot of things to remember, a lot of characters, just a lot of stuff going on. They're just like, no, we're going to keep bringing up new stuff. Now there's blood sperm. And it's just sort of like, (laughs) we have enough with two sets of clones, the military, Prolethians, the illusionists, Rachel, Delphi. It's already a lot. A suburban drug ring. There's a lot lot of plot here. Well, you know what? It's funny. Since the the blood sperm is the equivalent of them not being, the Lita not being able to have a baby, we should really be forward thinking, thinking anything we've learned about the Lita clone, there's always going to be a flip side to the caster clone. Mm. And I I don't know if there's things that we haven't thought of yet in that regard. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. You know, that's when we haven't seen the caster clone. I want to see the dance party with Rudy and Mark. Yeah, I want to see Rudy go out to like, uh, go out to like a disco. (laughs) And just disco it up. And 
Cody doesn't believe Mark for a second, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. about the about his feelings for Gracie and things well, like that. Well, did you see, like, took, she yeah. took off the, the wedding ring. Oh, oh, just, no. just remember, none of it was real. Yeah. Oh. And Mark, I mean, I still believe that Mark is going to play a big part in the end game of helping Sarah uh, get out of there. But then again, this episode, like, Paul, like I said, Paul's really thinking. Paul's really thinking about things in a way that Paul usually doesn't. He usually just does his order, or he's like hemming and hawing about stuff. He was really thinking in this episode, so maybe he's well, going to get her out of there. Always playing the double agent, and it's only recently that we figured out he was a triple agent the whole time. Yeah. So I think what he's really hemming and hawing about is finally picking a side, like because he, you know, his true alliance was shown at the end of season two slash beginning of season three, yeah. and I think now that it's really shown what side he's on I think he's finally questioning okay maybe I'm not on the right side well, his true alliance was shown though you could argue his true alliance was shown to Sarah too because he made a deal to save her mm-hmm. I mean it's not just his alliance to the military Paul's still playing all sides <laughs> Paul's we'll never we'll do this show for 20 seasons we'll still never figure out exactly <laughs> what Paul's are you? game is yeah <laughs> We're going to find I'm a quadruple agent, Paul. (laughs) It turns out he's secretly working for the Russian government. Yeah, you never know in this show. So, uh, you know, getting back to the heartbreak of this episode. Yes. So, Helena is, again, she's crazy, but she's always crazy brilliant. Mm -hmm. And again, after Sarah tells her that story about about Kira, I'm like, she's got Helena back on her side, mm-hmm. and she knows Helena's got a plan, and they're gonna butt the sisters, they're yeah. gonna bust out we're of gonna, there. We're gonna steal some tweezers, I'm gonna butter myself up, and we're gonna be A-okay. Oh, which, how great was that, when we you find out what's in the little secret yeah, cubby that she has. Just tons of I was butter. like, what is she hiding? And she had mentioned butter She's going before. to melt all your butter. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you gotta love a scene where someone's greasing themselves <laughs> up. So there you go. Uh, Helena is brilliant. Like Helena is crazy, but Helena is brilliant. And I will she's... say I am concerned about all the crazy stunts that she's doing uh, while she's pregnant. I was thinking I about am that too. Very concerned. I was thinking because this is like she's hanging out of that. That she's I am scaling cool with up it. the building. Let that. I'm sorry. It is a <laughs> Johansson baby. If that baby is forfeit, I'm not going to be super sad. But you know who's going to be super sad? Helena. That's true. no. That's the thing. Is she cares about it. Of course, further argument, should Helena be raising a child? We know Helena <laughs> We know Helena thinks she's gonna be a good mother. She's said this and she is good with children, but I mean the day to day stuff, how can she deal with I the day to day stuff of be being a mother? Fine if she had all of her sisters there to support Sestras. her. I mean, or at the very at least at the end of the day, she has to be living in a house with like Mrs. S and yeah. Sarah and Kira. Some, like someone else would have to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, you know, Felix is going to get... You know, every, each season, Felix gets stuck a long time in a clone storyline. He was with Helena a little last season. Next uh, season, uh, Hel- uh, Helena and Felix raise a child together. I did a tweet. I, I sent out a tweet Saturday night, and it was um, Orphan Black spoilers. Uh, Felix will never get enough screen time. <laughs> he, True story. And you know what? Again, this week, he got more than he had been recently. And he's so good. Mm-hmm. Jordan is so good. And... I, I I feel like they're not utilizing him enough, and I was very happy to see in the previews for next week he's going to see Rachel. 
So they're putting yes. him in a dangerous situation. Anytime you're confronting Rachel. And that it, clearly they're going to make him more proactive. And I imagine the second half of the season where they're looking for Sarah, he's going to be more proactive. Sure. I mean, you got to figure he's going to do anything he can at that point. Yeah, yeah, do a little bit more than just setting people up on dates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys, uh, do, you, do you think uh, Helena goes back for Sarah? I, I don't think, I don't think so. I think Helena, well, maybe, but I don't think she's going to go immediately back. I no. think she's going to find her way back. She's a to, tactician. She's still there, but I think I, I think. Maybe she goes to. She might even go as far as to get back yeah. to like Mrs. S and people like that. Like we might not see Helena for two episodes, and then she shows up at Mrs. S's door, and and it's like, and she's maybe she grabs, maybe she's angry. You did this to me, and she goes, "The only reason I don't kill you is because uh, Sarah's Sestra. there." And I feel, yeah. Yeah, I, we actually had a comment on Twitter. Uh, Alicia Perez was wondering if we think that Helena is going to try to kill Mrs. S for what she did. Um, I have no idea. I don't know what I think she she will do. I I honestly don't know. It's a coin toss with Helena, but I would hope that she goes back for Sarah. And it wouldn't be the first time she told the little scorpion thing to to bug her off. Yeah. So um, you know, and she went I, back to save somebody. I mean, at the time that Helena got a conscience about what she had done, it, admittedly, it was too late. She had no choice but to leave at that point when she was on top of that wall and she was thinking about because. You know, at that point, the the base is is looking for her. She would never get back to Sarah in time. Uh, and but yeah. that's not to say that she won't hang around and wait, because that's something that we've seen Helena is very good at: is She's waiting and watching and taking note of everything. She needs reinforcements, though, as far as I'm concerned. I also wonder and more butter. Exactly. <laughs> I, I also wonder this, and this is a, something that we had talked about a few episodes ago that. Would they ever try, you know, doing a swap? At one point I said, would Sarah maybe try to use Rachel and try to swap for Helena so they have somebody there? Maybe Helena gets a similar idea. Maybe we have a thing where that, where she's like, well, let's get uh, dirty, pretty, sexy Rachel or whatever and bring her uh, there as a trade. If they did a trade once before, why wouldn't they do it again? But... I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts with that scenario. Yeah. Uh, also, I would just love to see the whole, a, a, a Helena Rachel encounter <laughs> at some point. So maybe that's just some wishful thinking. Yeah. Can we talk about Kasima? Let's yes. talk about Kasima's big date. Yeah, I do not trust this woman. I love Ksenia Solo. She was the only part of Lost Girl that I was able to stand, <laughs> and she was the best part of that show. I do not trust her as far as I can throw her. We uh, we had another comment from Alicia asking that same question, whether or not we trust her. I, I hate to, to use my big prediction now, but since we're talking about it, not only do I don't trust her, I think she's Kasima's new monitor. And I think... God damn you, like, Delphine. Well, <laughs> I think, yes, yeah, set up by Delphine, both as a way to help her ex-girlfriend get over her and to be the new monitor. And monitors are always romantic. Yeah. Well, I assumed that the person outside taking pictures was from Dyad. I assumed that through and through. Um, but, yeah, no, this woman, she's too good to be true, man. She can see into your soul. She's it, a great masseuse. And oh, she fits a great in. Masseuse. That see into your soul. You know, we had talked a couple weeks, the past few weeks, about how Kasima's getting a little more spiritual and stuff like that. So it was very interesting that... That's interesting. That she's... 
set up, she finds somebody who's into spirituals. This one, Kasim, is starting to wonder about spirituality more, and and not that she's questioning her science, but but getting a little more right. But if she met her on Sapphire, which is the I guess the lesbian version of Grinder, it's random. So unless Dyad hacked her Sapphire. And made sure that this woman would come up, a woman whose profile and pictures she would absolutely have to swipe. Like, there's too much, too many variables. Do we know that Kasima contacted her first, or that? I mean, I've never used like a Tinder type. Oh, thing. well, with, with Tinder, you both have to swipe right in order to be able to talk at all. Okay, well, if this very attractive woman who's had a, as a profile tailor made to Kasima swipes right, and then. Kasima sees, oh, right. this woman swiped me. I'm just me. saying, it's just, you're, you're risking a well, lot, burning an ass. We, we've seen Dyad, though, the, the extent of their ability to kind of keep track on all of these different clones isn't to be underestimated, but you're right, it is, it is a little contrived to have them had, like, manufactured that meat cute. They I'd manu- forgotten about monitors but, by now. Yeah, they yeah. manufacture, look, Donnie and Allison have been <laughs> together since college, like, they manufacture Everything, especially when it comes to your love life. Honestly, you've got a dating problem. Talk to Dyad. They'll set you up with the perfect. Honestly, Dyad you're should a just, clone. Should I just, can see the dating commercial now. Are you a clone and having problems with your love life? Come everything the, the same yeah. genetically. <laughs> I mean, they should open up a, a, a dating. Uh, a, They'd certainly earn more money. Speaking of commercials, I know that Allison wasn't in this episode, but have you guys seen the uh, campaign commercial that they put the BBC put out? It's just the best. Uh, done I need by, more orphan black with, commercials with a voiceover by Donnie. Which, <laughs> I, I mean, they are clearly more than ever embracing. I mean, Allison's always been a little bit more of the comic relief to the show, but I feel they're really embracing it more than ever once by they start putting stuff. Donnie in to to have them be a team. Oh, it's just yeah. it's hilarious. Um, you know, the other thing I loved about the Casima date it was Casima is. You know, because she's always in her lab and she's always, she's so confident all the time. And again, this is why this, to me, maybe Tatiana Manasalani's best episode, because not just all the great Saren Helena back and forth, but she showed a different side of Cassini. The vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. High been, five, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. High five. I mean, it was just the right amount of awkward and sincere and, and, and reserved that, like, you feel on these, these first dates. Like, it very much felt like a first date that was going too good to be true. Mm-hmm. You know, what for, what first date? Uh, when they get back to your place, is asking you, tell me everything about your ex. Tell me about, <laughs> tell me about how, only, you know who? Somebody who's set up to help you get over your ex. <laughs> by your crazy ex and former monitor, Delphine. <laughs> ah, it's just too much. Too many layers. Now, we're seeing Delphine next week on yes, the show. Thank so, goodness. You know, and so that's, that's good. Her. And we'll see how that... Uh... I, I wonder if, like, I... I... I love Delphine. I think she's a great character. Um, but if there's anything I've learned from this show, it's like you can't trust anyone. And I'm a, I'm a little worried that being the new Rachel is is corrupting her a little bit. Like, mm. absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, you know, if Anna Koppel was here, who I literally every episode would fight with about I was always, I trusted Delphine, and she didn't trust. You know what's funny? Wait, and I know this is just kind of after buzz, <laughs> uh, kind of insight to this panel, but... Anna was here for the first episode. She missed the next four. 
Who else missed the last four episodes? Delphine. Delphine. Ah. Anna and Delphine are the same, same person. person. That's what it is. Man, I can't wait to see how all this develops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna get tangled. Go, go back the other way. Okay. <laughs> Turn the other all way right, around. Right, <laughs> anyway, oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to break our studio. What a day when they put it, it was in the smaller studio. <laughs> they get into physical comedy. All right. Um, but <laughs> it was a point that, stick at home. I always, here's the thing. I still believe and that Delphine, maybe she doesn't always handle in the best way, but has their clone's best interest in mind where Rachel uh, didn't. I sure. think she has Cosima's best interest in mind. I, I and I know she's trying. She's um because that that was the whole thing with them being in a relationship. That's why they broke up. To learn to love all of them. So I think she's going to try to have their best interest. But I've never fully trusted anybody in the show, especially somebody who used to be a monitor. Uh, like cuz it's not like she was stupid like Donnie was stupid because Donnie just doesn't know any better because, you know, Delphine knows better. She's a very, very smart and intelligent woman. So to kind of play dumb or act like you were trying to do the right thing, I think she believes she does the right thing. And again, I think she has Kasima's best interest at heart. But I worry because she's human and fallible, just like any yeah. everybody else. And she clearly has a grudge against <laughs> certain types of people. So... Again, I, and I wonder how much power and authority Dyad has given her. And she's been gone for a while. So I, I'm just a little concerned about what she's bringing back to the table hmm. now that she's back. That's all. Since we're talking about the future and we're speculating, is it time, perhaps? Let's just do it. Let's go to predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Mark Prediction. Mark will die by the end of the season. Either he dies, or he and Gracie ride off into the sunset <laughs> and don't come back until the final season. Or they both die. Or they both die. But it, to me, I don't know why. He just see, like seems like Mark is the right choice. He's marked for death. He's gonna make. Uh, he's gonna make a sacrifice. I think probably mm-hmm. to save Gracie. Yes. Probably and maybe even from this. I mean, here's this the thing. This is assuming Gracie can be saved. I think Gracie can be saved. Because here's the thing. You're giving... We're going to find out, I assume, in the next few episodes, we're going to find out about a slew of poor <laughs> women who slept with these caster clones who were dead. Who's, they're dead now. And Gracie <laughs> is going to be the Cosima of these women, of where we have to find a way to save her. And they're going to have... They're going to have... I mean, you know what? We see in the coming attraction, it didn't even really occur to me. Because that the I, Rachel thing is about saving it's Gracie. It's about Gracie and not about... I assumed it had something to do with Sarah, but no. I bet you it is about saving Gracie. Mm-hmm. And if they have the full resources of, of Dyad and Dyad scientists like uh, Delphine and Cosima helping them, I bet you they could crack this thing, but maybe they need something from Mark. Maybe that's how he he's marked. Maybe they need... You know, they needed bone marrow from Kira, but maybe they need something more, something that will kill Mark. A heart. They need. <laughs> now I'm... He's going to literally give her his heart. Yes. <laughs> and much like, again, bring back a, a game, of, game of clones, she has to sit there and eat this whole heart <laughs> in order to. Uh, it's the only way. Yeah. Um, but no, I think, I think you're dead on about uh, uh, Mark there. And that wasn't. That, I was pun, say, that pun was not intended. Shame on you. <laughs> um, 
You have any predictions? Um, just that Delphine uh, is going to be, a, she, I think she's still on a little bit of a power trip. I think we saw that when she was digging her finger into Rachel's eye. Um, so I think being the new Rachel is uh, maybe corrupts her a little bit. I don't know. And that might have been another reason why she broke up with Kasima in the first place. Is She's like, i got to leave that part of myself behind <laughs> if I'm going to do what I have to do. Um whether uh poor Sarah <laughs> she's still stuck there i think she's going to be stuck there for at least another two episodes yeah uh, or whatever i don't mind though cuz sarah tends to learn a lot and i would like to learn a lot more yes. about what's going on there and, yeah and i think allison is going to learn a lot of lessons about what it's like being a hardcore drug dealer well i think she's going to learn a lot of uh, lessons about being uh, uh working with your ex yeah, yeah. exactly that's going to be the big i think that's going to be the tougher thing for her than the than the drug dealing. I agree. He is he is thirsty. Have yeah. you are you aware of this term? Thirsty. I've heard people use it, and I've only extrapolated what it means from them using it. Mm-hmm. But Just I've never been given the exact definition. Thirsty. It's yeah. it's he wants it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got That's a what thirst. I assumed it meant. Yeah, the thirst for Allison Hendricks. Yes, but sure. then again, don't we all? Um, so, I mean, I already kind of gave my big prediction, uh, that you I got think... got a fever? <laughs> the only prescription is, is Allison? more Allison Hendricks. Um, I already gave my big prediction. Uh, I guess we, we've covered everything with the escape and everything. Any other loose ends? Just that of? this was a great, great, Solid. great episode. This is, again, the, uh, the second it was over, I tweeted out the hashtag Emmy, Mes- Emmy for Meslani, because she needs She's to, so uh, uh, win one. So yeah, so that's uh, that's it for this week, I guess. Um, you know, next week Anna will be here. We've had such great chemistry, and then she's going to come Don't along say and ruin that. it all. She she's says it every. It he, you say it every week. Next week Anna's going to yeah. be here. Don't say Thanks it. Maybe it'll you. come true. Every, it's your fault every week. Okay, well then, uh, Matt, why don't you tell the people? Sure. If if you like me, if you like what you we see do. here or what you hear here or you've heard or seen me somewhere else and you're not following me on Twitter, what's wrong with you? Go to Twitter, type in the name Matt Lieberman, at Matt Lieberman, M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N, and you will not regret that. Also, go to SourceFed, where I do news and comedy seven days a week. SourceFed Nerd, where I get to review TV shows and, and other fun stuff. LieberFriends.com at Feist Vlogs five days a week. Follow this man. Follow this man to the end of the earth. <laughs> Megan. Um, first of all, thank you to everybody who participated in the Twitter hashtag and on the live chat on YouTube. You guys are great. Um, and you can tweet at me at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, including Turn later on tonight. We're going to get started a little later, so sorry about that. Um, bunch of other shows. And I've started writing articles for the movie Chick, Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Excellent. And you can follow me on Twitter at the real will link and you know what listen to my po- i got a podcast you like hearing me talk here listen to will sean podcast it's a uh, pop culture comedy really? yeah, w- yeah that's will a, like, sean podcast guess it's what it's a question spoiler we do <laughs> uh, i host it with a guy named sean we talk about pop culture too sometimes even orphan black so give it a listen uh until then thank you so much we'll see you next week The question is intentional. (laughs) From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Clone you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 